You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcast series are based on 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And the word triumph means win, and we win all the time, even when it looks like we're not. We win. Say that I win all the time. Now, I'm beginning a series today entitled Your Words, Your World. Your Words, Your World. This is really a follow-up podcast series uh, following up Speak the Truth. I did a two-part uh, two-episode series called Speak the Truth, and at the end of that series, that second episode, I gave a quiz, a test, and I always go back and look and see uh, what you're saying uh, about the lesson, and I noticed some of you said that you didn't do well on the test, that you flunked the test. So this is your opportunity to graduate This is summer school. We're going to begin a new series on words, and it's entitled Your Words, Your World. Now, listen at that. Your Words, Your World. Now, I pray that this uh, subject will make sense to you as we get into the lesson, but I'm not going to give myself away. Listen at this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 in the authorized King James Version is a background text that we'll be using. It says, through faith, we understand that the worlds of God, the worlds, W-R-L-D-S, the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I'll quote that again. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and the authorized King James Version says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Some historical context will help us. In Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter containing examples of Old Testament elders, both patriarchs and matriarchs, uh, who walked by faith. It describes the great exploits these men and women accomplished with their faith. So the the entire chapter, the 11th chapter, is a a collection of faith heroines and heroes, and it's a blessing. The whole chapter is a blessing. But I want us to concentrate on this third verse. And let's look at the words. It says, through faith, that's a key word, we understand that the worlds, that's a key word, were framed. We'll, We'll define that word. By the word of God, we'll define that word. Now listen, the word faith, as it is used here, represents the material, the substance, 
the building blocks that God uses to create. Now listen at that. Faith through faith. By faith, Abel. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Sarah. All through the text. By faith, Moses. By faith, David. All through Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about faith. And faith is the material. It is the substance. It is the building blocks that God uses to create. Now, a tailor, a seamstress, uses material to create a dress, a suit, or whatever. The material that the tailor or the seamstress use is a cloth, a material cloth. Now, when God creates, he uses faith. And as we walk through this series, we're going to see faith is how we create our world. Your words, your world. Now, the Bible says through faith we understand that the worlds. Now, the word, the word worlds there means age. The age, a specific period of time. Within past history of mankind, the worlds represent a specific period of time, an age, a decade, a century, a generation. So we're going to see that these men and women please God by taking their faith, releasing their faith, and shaping the time, the age, the generation that they lived in. And that's good news because if they use faith, then God expects us to use our faith to alter and change our generation. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Let's look at the word frame. The word frame means to repair. It means to adjust. And it means to restore. Repair, adjust, restore. It means to alter the outward form and shape of something that's already in existence. Now, that's going to be very important for us. Because the world that you're experiencing may, right now may need to be altered. It may need to be shaped into a different form. And the scripture says, through faith, the worlds were framed. They were altered. They were adjusted. They were restored by the word of God. And that word, word, in, in the phrase word of God is the Greek word rhema. And it means an utterance. It means that which is spoken. It means a saying. It means utterance, that which is spoken, a saying. So we see now that faith is released by the words of our mouths. I want, you to, I want you to say that after me. Faith is released by the words 
of my mouth. Come on, say that one more time. Faith is released by the words of my mouth. Let's say it one more time. Faith is released by the words of my mouth. Now, listen at the title again. Listen at the title again. Your words, your world. Your words, your world. Now let's talk, let's let's get into that's our introduction. Let's get into uh, about three major categories now. Let's talk about the creative process and words. The creative process and words. The creative process and words. And let's look at God, let's look at Adam, and then let's look at Jesus. We're talking about the creative process and words. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says in the authorized King James Version, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness, was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. We're talking about the creative process and words. The Bible says that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Then verse 2 says, and the earth was, notice, without form, void, and dark. And it says that the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the earth, but nothing happened. Nothing changed. The earth, and, and if you study this out, this was a recreation, a restoration of the earth, and that's a whole nother story. But God is restoring, he's adjusting, he's altering what is in existence. The earth was without form and void and dark. And the spirit was present to change the environment, but nothing happened. And then something powerful happened. It says, and God said... God said, we're talking about the creative process and words. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, listen at this. God never does anything without saying it first. Now, you want to make a mental note of that. You want to make a mental note of that. God never does anything without saying it First, now, the, 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 the truth of the matter is you and I never do anything without saying it first, but we're, we're, we're uh, unconscious of what we're doing because, ladies, you, you, you're in the mall and you look in the window of a store and you see a dress and you say, wow, that's beautiful. I like that. I like to put that dress on. I like to try that. I'm going in and check that out. You're talking before you act. That's the way we were created. Now, it's 
in, in intention. Guys, you can see a boat or you can see a car and you're saying, that's my car right there. That's my car. Listen, you have been created in such a way where we don't do anything without saying it first. Now, we, we've got to learn to be more intentional about it. But that's the way God created us. God never does anything without saying it first. If you'll notice in verse 6, Genesis 1, we talked about, we looked at Genesis 1, 1 through 3, but in Genesis 6, Genesis 9, and this is in the first chapter of Genesis, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 20, verse 24, verse 26, verse 28, verse 29, and Every one of those verses, God said something, and then something happened. So nothing was created, and nothing was established until God said something. In other words, God repaired, God adjusted, God restored with his words. The earth was without form, void, dark. So maybe you are without something, without something. It may be finances. It may be a spouse. It may be a friend. It may be a job. The earth was without. The earth was had no form. The earth was void. It was empty. And the earth was dark. And sometimes that's the way our lives appear or seem, what we're experiencing. But notice it says that God repaired, God restored, God adjusted with his words. All matter was created by words. All matter, nothing tangible existed till God spoke words. Now, we're talking about the creative process and words, the words that we speak out of our mouths. When we look at Jesus, well, let's go to Adam. I'm sorry. Let's go back to Adam. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, it says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And that was the name thereof. And Adam called every creature. He Whatever he called them, that was the name. Now, the word call there means to proclaim. It means to pronounce. It means to say. So notice God is involving Adam in the creative process because man was created to create Man was created to create, to create. Now, your words, your world. So rather than naming the animals himself, God is training Adam, Adam in the creative process. So God brought all the animals to Adam to see what Adam would call them. He's got to say something. God is training him to use his words intentionally. And the scripture says, whatever Adam called them, that was the name there. Uh, 
So we see Adam involved in the creative process. Now let's look at Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we have what is called the wilderness temptation. Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the tempter came to him. The devil came to him, and he tempted him on three different occasions. And I want you to listen to Jesus' response in all three occasions. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus, it says, but he answered Satan and said... He answered the devil, and he said something to him. In Matthew 4, verse 7, after the second temptation, it says, Then Jesus said to him. He opened his mouth, and he said something to the devil. Then the devil tempted him a third time. And in Matthew 4, 10, the scripture says, Then saith Jesus to him. So in three occasions, Jesus opened his mouth and said something, words to the devil. Now listen at Matthew 4, 11. It says, then the devil leaveth him. Now, this, this, I hope this is a revelation for you. There are times in our spiritual journey when we are under attack, spiritual attack, and we are praying to God to help us. But we are not resisting. We're not saying anything to the devil. That's not going to work because Jesus is our example, and Jesus resisted Satan and temptation with words, Jesus healed the sick, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, with words. Jesus cast out devils with words. And then Jesus calmed the storm with words. He's our example. He's showing us how to operate in the creative process. He's showing us how to adjust things when they need adjusting. He's showing us how to alter things when they need changing. He's showing us how to restore that which needs to be restored. He's showing us how to repair that which is broken. So when you look in your life, and you see something that needs to be repaired, adjusted, or restored, God expects you to take words and repair it, adjust it, restore it, or create it. Now, now let's let's that's a mouthful, so let's settle, let's let's pause for a moment. And I'm, I'm going to share things that you've heard, but I'm believing that you're going to get it. I'm believing that you're going to get a revelation of it because it's not knowing only. It's knowing and acting on the word. So we've talked about the creative process and words. We saw God using words, Adam using words, Jesus using words. Now let's talk about you. Let's talk about man, dominion, and words. Let's talk about man in general, and then we'll talk about you in a moment. Man, dominion, 
and words. That's our second category. Man, dominion, and words. You're going to learn something. I'm telling you, you're going to learn something. Man, dominion, and words. That's what we're talking about. Man, dominion, and words. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, listen carefully now. And let them, man, have dominion over the fish, over the fowl, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Now, I'm going to say that again. Because I know some of you have heard that, and you say, well, I've heard that, and I know that. Okay, okay, okay. Open your ears now, because you may hear something that may be a little bit different. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, listen to these words. Let them man, let them have dominion. And then he outlines dominion over all the earth. Let them have dominion. Now, listen at Psalms 8, verse 6. And, and the psalmist now rehearses the authority of man. Listen what it says. Thou madest him, this is Psalms 8, verse 6. Thou madest him talking about man, to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under man's feet. Now, I'm going I'm to quote that again, Psalms 8, verse 6. Thou hast made him. This is what the psalmist is talking about, man and God, what God did with man. He said, thou hast made him man to have dominion over the works of thy hands and thou hast put all things under his feet okay so we got we got several things here we got god's image god's likeness and then we got man having dominion so let's look at this what is god's image what is god's image over in John chapter 4, Jesus talking to the woman at, the, at Jacob's well, he said, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So what is God's image? God, listen to me now, God is a speaking spirit. He never does anything without talking, saying it. He says it. God's image is that he is a speaking spirit. Now, some of you, you said you flunked the test. So I'm going back and I'm giving you the groundwork so that you can understand it. God is a speaking spirit. Say that. God is a speaking spirit. Well, what is God like? What is he like? God is a ruler. He rules. He is a speaking spirit that rules. He rules the universe. 
He rules. God is a speaking spirit that rules the universe. Now, follow me, follow me. So man was created in God's image and God's likeness. So man was created. Now, listen to me carefully. Man was created to be a speaking spirit and to be a ruler. You have been created by God to be a speaking spirit, and you have been created by God to be a ruler, not to be ruled. You have been created to be a ruler over the earth. You have been given the capacity to repair to adjust and to restore. Now, now listen at this. Listen at this. And then I'm going to, God created man to repair, to adjust, and to restore with his words. Back to our title. Your words, your world. Your words, your world. God has created you. He has created you to create, repair, adjust, restore with your words. Now, I'm going to stop for a second. I want, you, I, want, I want that to settle in for a minute. I want to settle in a minute in for a minute. I'll say it again, and I want you to listen to me carefully. There are things that we're praying for God to repair. We're praying to God to restore. We're praying to God to fix <laughs> that he has given you the authority to fix it. I don't know how to make that even more clearer. Now, listen what the word dominion means. He said, let them have dominion. The word dominion means to reign. It means to rule. It means to prevail against. It means to subjugate, to be in control. Anything that's out of line, bring it in control, subjugate it. Now, here's, here's, here's something. We're not talking about race right now. But God never gave men dominion over men. God gave man dominion over the works of his hands, and he outlined it. Fish, fowls, uh, creeping things, cattle, the works of his hand, all matter. We have authority over all matter. We don't have authority over all individuals. Now, listen at this. God said, let them have dominion. Let's, let's pause for a second. Now, now, let's pause for a second. Notice what God did not say. God did not say, let me have dominion. Now, I'm going to just pause for a minute. God did not say, let me have dominion. Now, we are trying to put it back in God's hands when he had put it in our hands. He said, let them 
have dominion. No, you have dominion. No, you're in control. No, you do it, God. No, God is not changing. He said, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Now, now listen at this. Your words, your world. You are living in the world that you have either created or allowed. Now, I'll just pause that for a minute. You are living in a world that you have either created or allowed. Now, the reason I said created or allowed is because there are some things that we are responsible for. We created it, okay? There are other things that happened to us. We didn't create it. We didn't make our dad do this. We didn't make somebody abuse us. We didn't, we didn't, we're not at fault for this, okay? There are some things that happen to us, okay? There are some things that we created. You see, I've been married for 42 years. Teaching purposes only. If I mess up in my marriage and I get caught up in some old kind of crazy stuff with another woman or some, and then there's a lot of turmoil with that, teaching purposes only, that's something I created. That, that's not the devil. That's not God. That's something I created. I created the mess. But there's so many other kinds of things, so many other kinds of things that are outside of our control in terms of what happened to us, but we have authority, and that's the thing I'm trying to get across to you. We have authority to repair it, adjust it, alter it, restore it, and we have the capacity to create a different world that we live in. Now, that is just absolutely amazing. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your world, your words, your world. Your words, your world. Now, I want to I wanna read some scriptures, and I want to show you that the text, that the, the Bible puts dominion in our hands. It does not put dominion in God's hands. So some of you are waiting on God to do this, and you're waiting on God to do that, and God is waiting on you to exercise dominion. Now, these are scriptures that I'm going to quote. I'll give you the text. You can look it up later. But it's scriptures that many of you have heard. But I want you to listen to it. Remember, listen to it in the light of what God said. Let them have dominion. So he's saying now, let you have dominion. He's saying you have dominion. Now listen at Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 and 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 and 19. 
authorized King James Version. C, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record a record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now listen what he says. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. Now notice God says that there's life in front of us or there's death. There's good in front of us, or there's evil. There's blessing in front of us, or there's cursing. And God tells us to choose life. In essence, he's saying, choose life, choose good, choose blessings that you and your seed may live. Well, how do I choose it? You choose it by exercising dominion. You exercise dominion by words, the words that you're speaking out of your mouth. You're choosing life with your words, or you're choosing death with your words, or you're choosing blessings with your words, or you're choosing curses with your words, you're choosing good with your words, or you're choosing evil with your words. Your words, your world. Your words. Now, now, don't put it on God. God said you choose. God said might choose. God didn't say I'm going to choose for you and I'm going to exercise them. He didn't say that. He, he said you choose. Now, listen at Proverbs 18.21, and it validates what I just said. Proverbs 18.21 Many of you have heard this text. Verse 21, Proverbs 18.21, authorized King James Version. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, let's stop for a moment. It goes on to say, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, listen at this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life is not in the power of God. Death and life is not in the power of the devil. Death and life is not in the power of fate. Whatever will be, will be. Circumstances. No, the Bible says death and life is in the power of your tongue. Your tongue, death and life is in the power of your tongue. In other words, you're either speaking death to your life or you're speaking life to your life by your words. Your words, your world. Let them have dominion. God just said, well, I'm going to decide what you're going to say, and I'm going to make sure you say the right thing. I'm going to make sure you speak good and you speak. No, he said, you choose. He said, you choose. Why? Because he said, let them have dominion. God is not doing everything for us. He, he created the raw material. He put faith in the earth, and he said, now you, you have dominion. You're in charge. You run things around here. 
Matthew 4, verse 4. Now Jesus is talking. Matthew 4, verse 4 in the King James Version. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word, that word, Word is the word rhema, it's the Greek word rhema, and it means an utterance. It means that which is spoken. It means a saying. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every saying, every utterance that comes out of the mouth of God. Now let's let's stop for a moment and let's think for a moment. Are you trying to live by bread alone? Now, now. The Bible speaks about work. Work is a gift from God. God created work before the curse, so work is not a curse. It's a gift of God. But are you trying to live and get ahead by just working? Are you trying to enjoy the great life that God intended for us to enjoy by bread alone. You're putting all your energy in the bread, getting the bread, getting the resources to have bread. Um, bread means material resources. If all your energy there, are you trying to live by that? Well, the Bible says Jesus said man shouldn't live by just his human efforts. He shouldn't live just by his work. The Bible says we should live by the utterances, the rhema that comes from the mouth of God. Now, listen what Jesus says. Jesus says in John 12, 49 through 50, John 12, 49 through 50, he says, For I have not spoken of myself, but what the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment what I should say, what I should speak. I know his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said to me, so I speak. I'm going to say it again, and then I'm going to paraphrase it. Jesus says in John 12, 49 through 50, he says, For I have not spoken of myself. He said, I'm not just talking now. I'm not just speaking. I'm not just saying anything that comes out of my mouth or anything that comes to my mind. He says, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment what I should say and what I should speak. Jesus says, listen, I'm not just talking. God gave me his word, and he told me what to say, and he told me what to speak. And he says, I know his commandment is life everlasting. So God gives us his word because there's life in it. It's life in it. And he's, Jesus says, whatever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said to me, so I speak. Jesus says, I only say what the Father is saying. Now, remember what he said in John 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every utterance out of the mouth of God, every utterance. And Jesus says, I only say what my father is saying. In other words, the scripture is teaching that believers 
must say what God is saying to really live. We're never going to live on a higher level until we start saying what God is saying. Now, we're going to get into specifics in this lesson, but I want to give you the framework. I want to give you the foundation. Matthew 12, 34 through 35. Matthew 12, 34, the B version through 35. The B portion. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bring forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil things. Now, listen what it says. Jesus says, a good man, not him, not God now, not God, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. He says, a good man out of the good deposit of his heart, what he's putting in his spirit in abundance, what he's putting in his spirit, if he's putting God's word in his heart in abundance, if he put news reports in his heart in abundance, if he's putting uh, TV and soap operas and movies and all that stuff in his heart in abundance, he said, out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. And then he says, a good man out of the good deposit of his heart it's going to bring forth good things. Notice, that's not God bringing forth good things. It's the man. It's the man taking what God says, putting it in his heart, saying it out of his mouth, and then he will bring good things. Now, evil man, and, and it's talking about a natural man, will put the wrong stuff in his heart. He'll build fear in his heart, build doubt in his heart, build tradition in his heart, build newscasts in his heart, news reports in his heart, statistics in his heart, stereotypes in his heart, all this stuff in his heart. He'll build it in his heart, and so it comes out, and the man brings stuff that he don't desire. Let them have dominion. That's not God. Let them. One last text, and I'll close here. In James 2, James chapter 3 Verse 2 through 4, James 3, verse 2 through 4. If any man offend not in the word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle his whole body. We put bits in a horse's mouth so they may obey us, and we turn about the whole body. Ships, which are great and driven by fierce winds, are turned about with a small helm, even so the tongue. Now, what, what James is saying is that we can take words and we can bridle the body, that's the whole of our lives. We can bring everything out of control. We can bring it into control with the words of our mouth. James says, now, in the same way that we put bits in a horse's mouth, the mouth is the key, the mouth, he says, and we can cause that horse to obey us and turn that powerful horse and make it go in another direction. 
through the bit, the mouth. He says, now the ship is a great ship. Think of an ocean liner. He says the captain of that ship can take the helm of that ship and begin to turn that ship even though it's in the midst of a storm. And if you've ever been on a cruise ship, you know a cruise ship, if it's going east, that ship doesn't turn like that and, and go east or west or north or south. It turns slowly. Because I watched the ship turn. You, some of you watched the ship turn, and it began to turn, and it goes in a different direction. James is telling us that we can control our lives with the words of our mouths. Again, we're going to get into some specifics. There's some specific things that we're going to get into because I know you may have some questions about, and I know you may be thinking about the, the what, you, you may be thinking about the what, you know, what should I say and, and all that. We're going to get into that. I wanted to set the framework so that you'll understand it. I want you to understand that dominion. And if you don't get anything out of, out of these, two, these two things, you've got to get these two things. Dominion has been placed in the believer's hands. It's not in God's hands. It's not, it's not, it's not. God said, let them have dominion. It's not in God's hand. It's not in his hands. It's not in his hands. Now, the second thing that I wanted you to get, if you don't get anything else, is that dominion is exercised through words, through words. God exercised dominion through the words. Adam exercised dominion. Jesus exercised dominion. And God expects us to take our words and to create, if nothing is there, repair anything that's broken, adjust anything that needs to be changing, and restore anything that's lost. God intends for us to take dominion over the earth. And he's not going to take that back, precious people. He's not going to say, okay, I'll come in and I'll just fix it for you because I love you. And that's what we're waiting on God to do when he has given us dominion. I trust that you've got blessed by this, but we're going to, we're not through. We're going to get into this. We're going to share some things that you should be saying. We're going, to, we're going to dive into it, but it's so critical. I guess here's an exercise, and I got three questions I want to answer. Here's an exercise. Just for the next three days, just for the next three days, I want you to listen to what you're saying. I want you to consciously listen to I'm not even asking you to control anything. Now, I want you to pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth. And then I want you to ask yourself, is this what I want to happen? Is this the way I want it to be? I want you to listen for three days, just three days. I want you to listen to the words that come out of your mouth.
Now, I got some questions. If God created us in his image to shape and create our world, how do we avoid becoming obsessed over time? As people, we have a tendency to obsess about how long it takes things to happen that we are praying for. If we start obsessing over time, are we damaging our power to create? That's a great question. That's a great question. And I think the illustration that I that I gave about the cruise ship kind of answers that. The Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Through faith, I think that's Hebrews 6:12, through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Patience, consistency. In other words, what I'm teaching should be a lifestyle. You're going to learn to discipline yourself to speak a certain way, not to just get something, because that's an event. You're going to change the way you're talking as a lifestyle. Now, if you make it a lifestyle, that will help you with that obsession with the time. It's not just about getting, that's an event, getting some is an event. Faith is a lifestyle. It says the just shall live by faith. Now, once you understand that, this is the way I'm going to talk the rest of my life. Okay, so now we're not putting a time frame on it. We're learning to discipline ourselves, and it is a process. That is a great, outstanding question. Uh, can we choose for someone else? Can we speak over someone's else's life and repair, recreate, and possibly destroy or tear down? Now, here's the strange thing is... And I mentioned this, God did not give us dominion over humans. Dominion over humans. In other words, when it comes to others, and, and I'm not talking about a parent because a parent can speak words over their child. Years ago when my kids were little, I would lay hands on them and speak the words over them. And when my grandkids come over now, I'll lay hands on them and I'll pray over them and speak the words over them. Now, I believe that the words that I speak and the environment that I create will, will help them to walk out the reality of the words that I'm speaking. But understand, they have to buy into it. They have to grow into it. But when it comes to adults and others, we can agree with them. We can speak over them. We can stand in faith with them. But they have something to say about it. If they are talking, they're going to die tomorrow, and we're talking, we believe they're healed, it's not going to work because there's no agreement. So we can agree with others, but we cannot dominate their faith. We'd have no, no right to dominate individuals. Um, so is it the words you speak or is it the words you believe that form our world? It's, it's, it's both. Great questions. You're putting the word, you, you're meditating on the word, and you got to believe what you're meditating on. And then you're depositing that word down in your heart, meditating it, you're confessing it to yourself, and, and you're getting it in it, you're studying it, you're looking up, 
all that. But as you build it in your heart, you, you have to believe it independent of what's going on in your life. But then to release it, you got to say it. You can believe all you want to, but if you never say what you believe, and if what you believe is not based on the word, it's not going to work. So believing is important because you got to believe what God says, but to release faith, you got to say it or agree with your mouth what God is saying that you believe in your heart. Another good question. Um, does the law of words apply to everyone or just the believer in Jesus Christ? Well, that's a good question, too. I think, I think that words uh, can apply to the unsaved. I really do. Uh, Muhammad Ali is a classic example. If you know anything about prize uh, boxing and, and how he talked, and, and a lot of times successful people, you can listen to how they talk. And, 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 and so I believe that words control the earth. I just believe that we have a greater capacity for good. We have a, the problem with the unsaved is their their spirits, they're not subject to kingdom. And for the most part, it's not about kingdom. But I think words rule the earth. I think words rule, period. Let them have dominion. I think that you can take words and you can create things you can build things. In fact, there's nothing that we do without saying it. Somebody said, I think we can go to the moon. And I'm not sure it was a believer who said that. I think we can go to the moon. I think we can build a rocket. We never do anything without saying it first, whether you're a Christian or non-Christian. It's just that we have a kingdom perspective, a kingdom motive. And we have kingdom power to reinforce it, but words dominate the earth, period. Are we, uh, as we wait on the promise, what are some good scriptures to stand on? Well, I'm going to have to, I can't give you all the scriptures now. I'm going to give you some scriptures to stand on, but that's what I meant. It's a series. I want you to go back and meditate the process, and then I'm going to, I'll end up giving you some scriptures to stand on. Thank you. Appreciate it.